Hello and welcome to the stories of Northern life from the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. This year is the 40th anniversary of the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. When we first came together and opened the space here at 690 Queen Street East, previously known as the Dominion Building or the Old Post Office. In this episode, I'm going to give you a brief history of the Historical Society, when they first found a space to build its collection and hunt to find a new space they can call the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. So let's start with a history of where it all officially started. The Historical Society was officially formed and adopted by the City Council on August 17, 1920. They had 27 members with a wide array of occupations, from judges and lawyers to educators, priests and laborers and artists. They held public meetings, produced books, collected items for their library, and even attempted to have three historical plaques be installed around the city and much more. In 1951, after a 27-year hiatus, the Sault Ste. Marie Historical Society re-emerged. Two members of the original society came out and started the discussion of forming a military and local history society. They asked the Department of Defense if they could have a museum and library in the new armory that was under construction at the time. They had agreed, but soon after moving in, the space became unfit for the group's potential. There were no storage or record space for the archive collection. This meant that they could not store any new documents or artifacts that were collected. They began to lack display space for their growing collection as well, nor have room for staff to properly work. The museum simply could not grow. To add, the space did not have proper environmental conditions for artifacts. In the winter, it was cold and dry, and in the summer, it was hot and humid. These conditions would have destroyed the artifacts and documents if they were there for much longer. Other issues that became apparent was that the space was not easily accessible for the public. Their small space was only open on Wednesday afternoons from 2 to 4. The visitors also had to navigate their way through the armories. The hallways were said to have been confusing and they had to climb up several flights of stairs to reach this space. They battled with these issues for years and therefore in spring 1922, they had decided to search for a larger space. But in 1972, the society formed an association with the city's historic sites board. And with this, the society would manage the displays in the different historic sites, including the armory, the Old Stone House, Marine Museum, and City Hall, allowing some of their artifacts to be dispersed in different locations. But nothing actually got implemented. The search of a new place really didn't start to pick up until 1980 because of the introduction of museum standards by the Ontario Ministry of Culture and Recreation. To acquire funding, they needed to find alternative space to fulfill the requirements. But in all that time before the real action to move initiated, they were heavily working on getting more engagement within the community. 
1979, the space in the armory got 4,000 visitors. That is double the previous year while also increasing the number of members to 85, while the year before only had 50. The members were aiming for a permanent space of 6,000 to 7,000 square feet, a big upgrade from the 1,500 square feet they had, and preferably near the Ermatinger house or in such a place where they could get more visibility and foot traffic. The first place the society heavily considered renting was the 78-year-old Sioux Collegiate Institute, a high school, but only as a temporary space because the Board of Education wanted to retain the ownership of the building in case it was needed down the road. SCI was closing its doors in, in 1981, so they would be able to move right in after the students left the space. Even Dr. Walter Tovel, head of the Royal Ontario Museum, Ontario Museum Support and Advisory Services, said it's a feasible school space and he's seen worse places to have a museum. He said unless you're in the really big leagues, museums never get designed for new small museums. They're always created from something else, an old school or a house. He toured the library at the Collegiate and compared it to the armory space and thought it would be a great upgrade to 6,000 square feet like the society had on their wish list. Plus, the space architecturally fits the needs. In addition to the library space, there were two classrooms, three seminar rooms, an office and workrooms, all which could be used for a wide variety of uses like holding meetings, preparing displays, and storage. They thought, even if it is a temporary space, it would give them way more space and could allow them time for a permanent building to be made. To add, finances was something to consider as well. The group saw it to be feasible with government grants and the heavy fundraising they could do. But still, it was a large decision to make and they wanted to make sure the money was going to be well spent. The society was very excited to hear that the Canadian locks and Whitefish Islands were to be taken over by Parks Canada. So they reached out to find a space there, thinking they would be sympathetic. But they came back saying there was no room in their present buildings. Then the idea of building a new building for the museum in this area where the old Fort Washkahegan was. But nothing became of this idea too. There was also a super brief mention of the old bug lab on Queen and Church as another option. The society's executives met with MPP Russ Ramsey to discuss the building. The society was unsure about this option but the government would give it to them for $1 per year. But again, nothing became of this too. And still a topic of prime concern was the society's museum. By 81, still nothing seems to be happening. They were so frustrated because at this point, there was a new public swimming pool, recreation centers, a beautiful city library, an art gallery, but no proper city museum. There was another proposed space of the third floor of the old Dominion building, then housed by public works and immigration offices on the first and second floors of the building, while the third was vacant. 
the federal government sent some of its top technical advisors to the Sioux for a good long look at the building. Bert, the president of the Historical Society, and the MP, Ron Irwin, were driving forces in trying to nail down this site for the museum. The society was so excited about this option. The building itself is an artifact and had potential to be taken over completely by the society. In taking it slow, they hoped their plans would fall into place someday soon. Though again, finances were always an issue. For the third floor, 5,000 square feet, they wanted $2.50 to $3.50 a square feet, equaling around $20,000. And not only that, they needed renovations costing about $50,000 and an elevator before it could even properly be utilized. At this location, they were uncertain about the government funding as well. And the budget for the society was growing, but the money allocated to the society was not. There were many concerns, but they knew that they could always fall back on fundraising with the community as a great support. After Public Works Minister Paul Cosgrove was asked about renovating the third floor space, he revealed that it would cost way more than expected. 200000 but offered the whole building and the land it sits on for 70000 which was about half of the appraised value of the land alone, and one-tenth of its entire estimated value. This was such a great deal, but had to consider the cost maintenance, heat, utilities, staffing, and installing museum fixtures. Still, they could not pass it up not imagining a more suitable place for anywhere near that price. So in July 1982, members of city council were asked to approve a bylaw opening the way for the city of Sault Ste. Marie to purchase the old post office building at Queen and East Street for $70,000. Finally, a downtown landmark located centrally close to municipal parking that had a handsome structure built of stone in 1903, just a short walk away from the old stone house and the art gallery, with bus stops right outside its door, just newly renovated in 1978, was chosen as the new home and real start to the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. This move allowed the society to gain a much better chance in getting provincial and federal aid and donations of artifacts from the city's people once they can showcase it all. Mayor McGregor singled out the Historical Society President, Burt Chambers, for a special thanks for his part in obtaining the federal offer. It is only through the tenaciousness and the hard work that this dedication is brought before us tonight. The city will now be able to appreciate all the work that has gone on unknown for years, said in a city council meeting. That is all that I have for you today, and I will do another episode somewhere down the line continuing the in-depth story of how the Sault Ste. Marie Museum, the Sault Ste. Marie Museum came to be. 
So stay tuned to the Stories of Northern Life podcast and keep up with the Sioux Museum at Sioux Museum on Instagram and Facebook for all the details. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you learned a little something new about Sault Ste. Marie history and the history of the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. Talk to you next week. Bye!